Welcome to Ordinary Lives, where we hear about the extraordinary things happening in and through ordinary people. Welcome to Ordinary Lives. I'm Jeff DeBoer, your host of this podcast, and I'm here today with Brian Bangma. Uh, welcome, Brian. Good yeah. to have you here. Thanks. Glad to be here. And we're going to talk today about what it means for you to be a businessman. But let's start with more basic questions. Tell okay. us a little bit about who you are, your family life, those kinds of things that form who you are. Oh, okay. Well, um, I am a father of two, married, I'm a husband, and I grew up in New Jersey. So I grew up out on the East Coast and then moved out to Michigan in 95 for college. And so I have uh, a passion for the outdoors. I love riding bikes. And that's actually what uh, brought me to my current position that I'm in right now for work. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a long journey to be able to get here to, to Michigan. And I'm, I don't, it's, yeah, I love Michigan. I love being here. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you may have to drive me on this one a little bit. To, uh, sure. So, so you had choices when you went to college, right? I did. And you chose to come to Michigan. Was it because of the school or because you just loved Michigan and the school happened to be here? Uh, I think it was, it was a little bit of, uh, it was not New Jersey. Maybe that's probably a better explanation. So when I came out to Calvin to check it out, it was a beautiful area. Um, it was also because it was a Christian school. I grew up in a Christian education, middle school, elementary school, high school. And so Calvin was definitely on our radar out in New Jersey. And when I came out here, I was just impressed by the campus. I was impressed by the area and the people that I met in just the one week of orientation to be able to come out and check out the school. It was it was great, and I just uh, stayed here ever since. Just loved it here. So you met your wife at college? Just after. I had actually exited Calvin, and Tiffany was still, uh, she was finishing up her final year, and her roommate and my roommate were dating. And, that was, <laughs> That's and the rest awesome is history. Connection. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So... At some point, you had choices about what the future was going to look for you, just like choices about where to go to college. You graduate or you're done with college. What do you do next? So what came after college? Yeah, well, I had actually started working in the bicycle industry when I was in high school, so out in New Jersey. Um, I had ridden bikes um, somewhat competitively in like late middle school, early high school with some people from the local bike shop. So I had worked at the bike shop there. So when I came out here... Um, during school, during Calvin, I found a job at a local bike shop. And so I continued my passion for that, and it was great. And I was, I was faced, exactly what you say, I was faced with a crossroads of where do I go? I was a geology major at Calvin. Geology. So <laughs> That's a whole different conversation. That's a different like, podcast. Why you study geology and what you would do with that major when you graduate. It, it became obvious that for me to do anything with geology, it was going to involve like eight more years of school. <laughs> and an opportunity existed to be able to start managing the bike shop that I was working at. And so um, that was, yeah, it was a big crossroads. And um, I decided, yeah, you know what, I'm going to manage the store. And it was great. And it, it, was, it was a lot of fun being able to, you know, do something that I was passionate about, being able to share that with other people, people that were able to come into the store, sell them the bikes, work on the bikes. Um, and I stayed there until uh, I think the shop sold to another shop in town. And then I was, you know, faced with another decision. Where do I go next? So, right. Yeah. So you said, I, I just, I want to ask you a question about the competitive part of your love for bicycles. Sure. So you said back in New Jersey, you connect with a bicycle shop because you could ride with them. You said, I think you said, I was somewhat competitive 
or I did some competition. Yeah. Just explain that a little bit. Um, I started off, well, I think I was 14 years old when I think my mom found like somebody that maybe my sister was babysitting for, and she found out that the, the parents of the kids that she was babysitting for owned a bike shop, and they rode bikes. And she was like, well, you have a bike. Go ride with them. And so I found myself riding my bike with, looking back, I can only assume, you know, 30-year-old something individuals. <laughs> I don't know. You know Some kid yeah. trailing along behind. 14-year-old kid, and, and it was great. I mean, they would give up of themselves to be able to let me ride with them. So they definitely, looking back, they definitely slowed themselves down. Maybe at the time I was like, oh, no, I'm that fast. But um, it was just, it was a great opportunity to be able to ride bikes with them. And then they raced. And so they would race, and then they would take me to some races on the weekends, and then I would try to race my bike, and it was just a, it was a fun environment to be around. It was just, it was a great time. And so, yeah, I, I continued my competitive bicycling. I wasn't a pro or anything, but it's just always been fun to compete and see how well you can do against others. All right, so here's the question. Since you've been in a number of competitions, races, what's your best finish? What What is, what is the apex of your competitive career brian oh man that's a that's a tough one um i don't know i there's there's a fairly large race called the Iceman that happens up in traverse city in the fall and i was i was lucky enough to be able to win my age group one year on that one and so that would probably be i would say the most recognizable finish mm-hmm. maybe not the most important to me but the most recognizable finish um i think my the one most important to me was just finishing a race out in Vermont. Hmm. I, I think I finished second from last. Really? But it finished up like Killington Ski Resort. And oh. I came from Michigan. And so, yeah, it was it was a struggle for me to get up some of those hills, but made mm-hmm. it through that. And that one that one will stick with me for a long time. So. so the difference between those, one was you competed and you beat other people. The other one was you were competing against yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the second was more reward, rewarding for you. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, mentally for sure, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So fast forward, you've been managing the bicycle shop. It's sold. You come to another crossroads in life. What do I do now? Yeah. What happened? So I had done a, a very short period of time where I worked at another shop in town. And then I went and did tree work for three years, something completely different. And then um, after that, during that time, another shop had reached out to me and said, Hey, we, we need somebody to come and manage our store. So, um, and I, Definitely did not want to continue tree work for the rest of my life. She would learn that's not your calling. It's a great skill to know how to do, but it's not something I want to be doing uh, in the hot summer. So um, I went back and worked at a bike shop with the intention of trying to buy into it. Mm. The intention of, okay, I'll come back and I'll manage it, but I want a little more than just working for somebody else. So uh, there was a tentative plan in place to be able to do a transition over uh, the process of about three or four years. And that's what um, uh, really got me first thinking about owning my own business. Mm. So, yeah. Did that happen? It did not. So um, it, it never really came to fruition. And that's what led me to branch out and open my own store. Really? So, yeah. So was that a frustrating period for you? You had this plan laid out. It was part of the reason you picked that job. It was, yeah. And instead it didn't happen. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Um, 100%. It was a very frustrating time. It was something that, yeah, I just had assumed, oh, I know exactly what the next 15 years is going to look like. I'm going to be able to oh, buy into the shop. I'll take it over, buy it out over the next, you know, five, 10 years. And then I'll have my business and be able to go from there. And then I was faced with, okay, I have to start something from scratch. Wow. So, so how did you deal with that frustration? Because I, I can imagine in pursuing 
a business, you're going to face frustrations, right? Plans are laid out. They don't come to fruition. How did you deal with that first frustration, the first big one? Like you had this plan. It didn't work. So did you go to other people for advice? Did you go inward? Some of us shrink inside and get more and more frustrated. What did you do? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think I think initially, I think I just got mad. I think I, you know, probably a week's worth of time where, because I was still working at the store, oh. and and but I was just I was just angry, and I was just like, I can't believe this, and and um, I, I'm sure it reflected in my work ethic. You know, mm. I'm sure that's shown, um, but. Then I would say after, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, kind of got over it. I started actually, yeah, I started seeking the advice of some friends, some friends from uh, college, um, obviously Tiffany um, and some other people that were in the bicycle industry who I'd known throughout my, you know, at that point, 10 years of being out here in Michigan in the bike world. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, like, what would you do? And, and it was just really, you know, helpful to be able to talk to individuals who were in the in that world to be able to help give me a little bit of guidance hmm. and um, really their thought on whether or not it was something that I'd be able to pull together. Did you have any conversations with God about that disappointment? I think at the time, um, no, I didn't, you know, and, and I think it, at, at the time it was definitely uh, looking back and over my life, it's probably one of the areas where I was the most distant from God, uh, you know, um, at college, uh, it was very easy to be spiritual at Calvin. Because it was structured for you? It was structured. It was, you know, you're surrounded by like-minded, God-believing individuals. You know, it's just, you know, hymn sings on every Wednesday night. And it was just, you know, it, it was it was a very safe environment. And then when I left that and went into just the, you know, the quote-unquote real world after the fact, um, there was there was less of that connection. I think growing up in, in the groups that I rode with in New Jersey, they were all... Um, God-believing individuals. Uh, and I, I think I didn't really realize that until later on in my life when I went back and I realized how strong their faiths were um, when I would go back in college and go visit them and see what their lives were like as an adult then. Um, but, yeah, I think it, it certainly was not something that, that I brought uh, to God in the way that, you know, I definitely should have and in the way that um, I think he led me to later you know mm -hmm. when everything was then getting put together for the new store yeah you know? so was that just one more question about that brian yeah was that disappointment part of what turned your attention toward him later on or did that come much later um that's a good question um i think a lot of it came through the the process of seeing how he had led me in the way that he was leading me over the course of 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so like for me, the, the issue of disappointment, um, maybe I took that as like, you know, well, I, you know, I'm, I, I believe in God. This isn't supposed to happen. Like things are supposed to work out. Like, you know, you know, God has a plan. Oh, and it's going to work out for me, mm -hmm. you know, kind of that general concept. I mean, so this was, I mean, I was like 30, I think at the time. So, um, yeah, I, I think, that was kind of my thinking and then in putting everything together and then seeing how everything came together and being like okay I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for how he had led me through the, the previous 10 years and so it was more of the realization of of just because the answer is no it doesn't necessarily mean that 
that was the that that's the wrong answer right it's just not yet or not sure. now or not in the way you think right and so um yeah in in owning this the when we had then opened the store and owning the store um came with its whole new world of hardship yeah so explain yeah. that <laughs> so now you're on the third level right from uh, working from someone else for for someone else to yeah working hoping to own now you are the guy yeah so now i got nobody to blame but me um and so yeah that was it was an interesting um definitely an interesting time it was it was a, a great five years so we opened a bike shop right in grand rapids and took on 5,000 square feet of prime real uh, real estate in a strip mall next to a movie theater. And so we're, you know, all right, we're committed. We're, we're in this. And um, it, it definitely came with its whole new world of challenges. It came with, okay, I'm no longer just a guy who likes to work on bikes and sell bikes. I now have to manage employees, um, hire, fire. I have to payroll, accounting, everything. And, you know, it's, it's, my money on the line at the end of the day so that it definitely was a a a bigger endeavor than maybe what i saw before we had started it but but it was good it was a it was a phenomenal life experience we got to work with a lot of really cool people got to work with a lot of really great customers who i'm still friends with today um and so yeah it it was but it was really the beginning of where i was like okay i i kind of enjoy creating something now that's interesting. So the process of owning the bike shop led you to realize something about yourself and that is really what I'm after is not so much the management. I really love the pursuit of something. Yeah. How did that come to you? I think I think looking back, it's always been probably ingrained in me. So like when I was when I was working at a bike shop, I was always, "Hey, what what else can we do to to make something better or different?" Um, maybe much to the chagrin of who I was working for, you know, they're like, just do your job. Don't worry about what else we're going to do. Um, but then when, yeah, when we had the shop, it was, it was great to be able to see, okay, if we want to take it in one direction, we can, if I wanted to take it this direction, I could take it in that direction. If I want to, you know, do this, I can do that. If we wanted to try to get creative and, and do something different from maybe how other people have done it, we have the ability to do it. I mean, at the same point, if it fails, it's on me, but it was that was kind of it was kind of fun it was kind of it was it was it was pretty freeing as far as you know um like hey all right we can you know we can do what we want to do here and let's see what we can really do to 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 really affect people or the customers or the product or the mindset of what we were doing Hmm. so you decided at some point we're not going to be in the bicycle business anymore i'm going to move on to something else how did that happen yeah so uh we had a five-year lease um, and in, in like the second or third year, we were, we were doing great. It was awesome. Um, and then in the, in the fourth year, maybe not so much. Um, don't really know. I mean, we, the first year that we were open, it was the housing crisis of 2008. So that was a little scary, but we made it through and had a great bunch of employees, um, really loyal customer base. And then after about four years or so, it just kind of, it kind of stagnated even though we were trying to do different things and it was, you know, typical, well, to way to get through this, do I expand? Do I have to open another store? Do I have to, like, what do I have to do to try to, to fix this? The cash just wasn't there. The sales were there. Everything seemed to be going the way it should be going, but it wasn't necessarily, it was harder than it was the years before. It, it didn't seem to be making as much money. 
And I was like, this is where I, it should be paying off. This has been, you know, I put in the time. This is where it's supposed to be paying off. And so we started to pursue the idea of, well, maybe we can sell it. Maybe there's an opportunity to just sell it and just kind of wash our hands of it and, and move on. And during that time, I had the opportunity to start um, putting on some bike races and promoting some bike races and, and to be able to try to supplement, hey, we'll do packet pickup at the store. Again, trying to find a way to be able to say, hey, what can we do to pick this back up? And so we started putting on some uh, bicycle races. We ran packet pickup at the store to try to get the customers in. And um, it quickly became one of those things where people would reach out and say, hey, that was a great event. Can you do ours or can you time ours? And so without ever wanting to get into it, I quickly got into the race timing business. And when faced then with, okay, our lease is up after five years, we either need to commit to another five years, maybe we can find an individual who wants to buy the store, uh, we were able to find an individual to buy the store, and that was a time where we did a lot of prayer. That yeah. was a time where we were like, all right, you know, um, Lord, let us know what you want us to do here. Because at that point, you know, he had um, you know, made it pretty clear on how things were going up until that point, and we, we trusted that. And then we just assumed, okay, at this point, there's a reason why this is happening. Let us know. Like, let us know what you want us to do. Please make it obvious because we don't know. Um, and then a buyer came like the next day and was wow. like, uh, hey, yeah, here's an offer and we can close in like 30 days. And so um, I had the opportunity to then go do timing of races and sell the bike shop. And so that was a super easy transition to be able to move from uh, the bike industry to what I now am in the space of, of race timing. Hmm. So this is a second great, great disappointment that you've talked about. And that is the disappointment of the first disappointment was I thought I was, I had a life plan sort of laid out five years. I'm going to own this bike shop. Didn't work. Yeah. Then you started a bike shop and it took off and then stagnated a yeah. different kind of disappointment from success now to plateau. Did you feel like you were failing? Oh, without a question. Yeah, for sure. I, that was... I would say emotionally that was probably the darkest year like that like fourth to fifth year transition at the bike shop um, that I had it was just you know countless sleepless nights you know it's the typical business isn't doing what you needed to do and the owner is just sitting there just trying to figure out what to do situation and uh, it was that was a very hard time that was probably the biggest disappointment that I've Per, on, a, on an emotional level, yeah, I have seen in my life. For okay, sure. so same question as your first great disappointment. That is, what did you do? How did uh, you deal yeah. with that? On that one, you know, we 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 definitely we prayed about it. We um, we talked to more individuals that we trusted, you know, um, and was just like, what should we do, you know? And and we really gave that one to God on that one because we were like, okay. We, we literally at that point had no out. I think if, if after the five years, if somebody hadn't bought the store, we would have been sitting there with, you know, uh, I don't facing bankruptcy from a, from a business standpoint or who knows. And we were just like, okay, you know what, like, Lord, let us know what, like, what it is that you want us to do because um, we just don't know. And that's where the, you know, I think he put individuals in place to be able to then help us transition out of it. We didn't, we certainly didn't sell the store and make money. Um, but we certainly didn't lose money. And so right. it was one of those things where, um, yeah, that was, it was definitely a very different way of handling it from the first of, from the first aspect of not being able to buy into the old store to this one transitioning mm -hmm. out. From this side of the table, listening to your story, what strikes me 
is that God gave you the faith at the right time to pursue opportunities and also the faith at that point where things were not going the way that you wanted to be able to handle that disappointment. And I'm wondering if you could sense that at the time. Oh, no. I don't think so. I, 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 think, I think at the time when, when I, we were in that or when I was in that situation, it was so all-consuming that I don't think I saw it, but it definitely was there. Um, I, I definitely sensed it more um, than the first time, but I don't know if, if I, if I fully embraced it at the time, because I think it was, it was again, one of those situations where I was like, okay, this is supposed to work out. Like I, I, I believed in God my whole life. Like this, like, this is like, I'm trying to do everything that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm using my talents. Um, and I think until that phone rang and it was like, Hey, by the way, these people want to buy the store. I think then it was like, okay, yeah, there is a, you know, um, there is the hand of, of God was moving things into place because it certainly was not a situation that we were going to be able to bring around on our own. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't even really remember how that individual learned about our interest to sell the store. It wasn't somebody that we had known. And so there definitely was, you know, the Lord's hand in that one. So if you can play the old man Bangma now, oh, yeah. talking to the younger man Bangma, if you could go back and give advice either to you or someone who's in that situation, having the benefit of a few years now of reflection, what advice would have you given? Imagine you're the sleepless night. What are we going to do with this? We either have to sign up for five more years. I don't know if we can do this. Yeah. What advice would you have given to yourself in terms of just handling the stress? The stress of yeah. owning your own business, the entrepreneurial spirit burning in your soul. I want to make it happen and yet disappointment. How would you handle that stress? I think I think I would tell myself, um, it's it's not about the the outcome. It's not about where you think it needs to go. It's about being, um, I guess, being just being happy, being content with the role that you are in, with what you're doing, um, and knowing that it it all is for a greater good. It's not necessarily um, I, I don't think I don't think that it was that God wanted me to be successful or not successful in the bike shop, hmm. and I don't think that when me focusing on that um, helped me in any way. I think it was let's be content with where we are, and realize that this is something that is not. Um, it's it's just not the it's not the end goal to run a successful business. So you were asking the wrong question, right? Is that what I'm understanding? So back then you're asking yeah. the question, how can we be successful? Yeah. And yeah. now you look back and say, yeah. that was never the question to start with. I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It was not, it was how can I, yeah, because for me success was hit this number of sales in a year or um, hit move this many bikes or have, oh, have more than one store or that was, and, and that's not it. You know, looking back, especially now, you know, 10 years, 12 years removed from selling the store. And the seeing the you know the the businesses that I'm in now, I I try to find more of that contentness in it and more of that okay so this is a job that I have but how can I use it for something that's beyond the job, um, and seeing that is I think where um, 
that's what I would have tried to make my younger self see. Mm-hmm. Is there's, don't look at it as what can you do to be successful in this thing or another. Look at it as what can you do, how can you use the position that you're in and the, the things that you're doing, especially as an entrepreneur, because we're our own bosses. We have very flexible schedules. How can we use that for um, a greater good? How can we use that to be able to, I mean, to do something greater than just sell bikes? Yeah. So going back to your story, you come to this point where you realize your future is not in owning a bike shop. Yep. It is in timing and promoting races. Yeah. I am imagining a situation where you're sitting across from your wife at breakfast saying, dear, this is our future. Did you ever have that moment? I'm just fascinated by what your wife, who seems like a very reasonable person, she, very well yeah. put together, what she said to you at that moment when you said, I want to make my life about this. Oh, man. Yeah, see, I mean, so she was right along with, with me, I mean, obviously in, in the transition of the bike shop, and she had seen the opportunity for um, the, the races that were coming up. And so I think it was, if I really think back, it was more her saying, just sell the store mm. and do this because, you know, it, it gives you a little bit more flexibility. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're not working 80 hours a week, you know, and, and it was really her um, pushing me in that direction. Um, and yeah, so it was, it, it's just knowing that I had the support of her. Um, it, it really helped in, in that whole transition, but uh, yeah, it was. So my question turns out to be answered by a shout out for your wife. Uh, pretty much, <laughs> you know. There's a lot of questions in my life that are answered by that. I feel that's so great. So describe the business now. Yeah. So how long has have you been developing this business, and what does it look like? Yeah, yeah. So the business now is, I mean, it's it's ten years going on and it started off as a race production company and I would put on bicycle races is what I started as because that was road bike mostly uh, at the time it was road bike I started with road bike races um, criterium specifically a special form of road bike races um, started doing a couple mountain bike races and then um, we were providing the timing ourselves for those events so we would actually score it ourselves and then we started timing other people's races so it quickly became um uh, more lucrative for us to be timing other people's races and then we could put on less and less so it was you know weekends we would be going out and we would be timing you know a 5k on a weekend or going and timing a mountain bike race or um, a road bike race or timing uh, stuff for other people and it really grew through um, I would say the first six years it grew pretty well to we got to the point where I think the the most the busiest year we had I think we timed about 60 races a year and it was really interesting because it was the same time that um, we had our first child. We had Grayson. And uh, it was, it, you know, I mean, again, like looking back and seeing how everything came into place, it was, it was a great scenario. Tiffany worked, and so I got to stay home with Grayson during the day, Monday through Friday. And then I would go to time races on the weekend. And we would essentially just trade off watching Grayson. And so I got the opportunity to be able to... Um, be with him every day, uh, you know, stay at home dad. And, uh, we had the, I mean, it was just, it was, it was great. It was, it was, uh, three years that were just phenomenal. Um, in the middle of that, my, you know, we, we got to go to, uh, we got to travel abroad for three months because of my flexibility on my schedule. And I was like, sure. And so, uh, again, just got to spend time with Grayson during, um, during that growing up. And then, um, 
Yeah, and then and then eventually we you know really stopped promoting our own races other than just a couple because we were so busy timing other people's events on the weekends. Um, and then we we kind of grew the business a little bit in a different direction in the last couple of years, um, but again. Uh, staying in the race timing world, we we started a second company, or I started a second company, where we actually then owned like the software that we use for timing of the races that we time, and then we were also supporting other customers. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah. So, I'm imagining you, and maybe this is not accurate, but this is my imagination at play, that you're sitting in your office, and at certain points you ask the question, "What's next?" Does that ap- actually happen for you? Or do you see small places for improvement? You add them all up, and next thing you know, you're starting a second business. How does that, how does that creative process of being an entrepreneur actually develop for you? Yeah, I think, I think it definitely falls more on the side of watching the small steps along the way, um, and just being open to an opportunity that may present itself. So, in talking with just everyone, talking with our customers, and then just having an idea on, hey, this is something that I dealt with, just taking it all in and being open to the idea of, hey, this may open an opportunity to create a new avenue of the existing business or a new business altogether, or um, just being open to saying, hey, okay, what, not necessarily asking what's next, but just being open to knowing that, hey, what's next may just pop up or show itself and then being not afraid to pursue it and fail. And, And fail in a way that you know that we don't necessarily always learn something from failure. This was uh, uh, something that a good friend of mine taught me um, in that whole process of when we sold the bike shop. Um, and he was like, he was like, yeah, sometimes we just fail. So it's not necessarily a takeaway and we just fail and we just, you know, what do you do with that? Now, some people though, after starting a bike shop and it taking off plateauing, you ended up selling it would have taken the lesson from that I want to go work for somebody where I don't have the pressure of, of trying to make this succeed. Not that's me. not the lesson you took away. No, Why I, not? I, I, yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's just not, that's, yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, of course there's been those moments where I was like, eh, maybe I should just go get an office job. But then, you know, I think about it for more than 30 seconds and I'm like, no, I can't, I, you know. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's just ingrained in, in just, in, in my head it's just ingrained in how I am like I want to try to I don't know I, I enjoy like I said before I enjoy creating trying to create stuff trying to um, make something new make something different and 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 now I've had the ability to be like well hey if it's successful as well great but what other opportunities can it provide me with like staying home with Grayson and then I was able to again stay home with Sydney when she was born so that was three years ago uh, almost four and had the same opportunity there and it's just like I you know I wouldn't trade those experiences for the world and just having a more flexible schedule to be able to do um, whatever presents itself to be able to help other individuals as they need do you ever fear that failure having 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 that experience where something didn't go the way you wanted do you ever fear that failure when you're launching out into something new now like you start a second business yeah do you ever think to yourself this could go the way of the bike shop I I Obviously, I think, yes, this can go the way of the bike shop, but I don't approach it in the same way of it doesn't necessarily scare me. Um, and so I would say, no, I, I don't approach it with a fearful aspect. I'm like, when we when we bought the software that we have, I was like, this could go very, very wrong, you know? Um, 
but that's okay you know because there's bigger things you know and at that point we were like we you know when we started making those that investment we definitely brought it to the lord right away we brought it to um we brought it to prayer and we were like if this is something that you wanted to have happen you know make it clear to us and literally when we were we were doing this literally the next day the phone rang from a friend of mine who i hadn't spoke to in six months who was like hey yeah i just always was looking for an opportunity to work with you on something any ideas and i was like this literally came to me yesterday and we have to put something together in a week if we wanted to do it and he was like great let's do it um and so certainly yeah that i mean maybe tiffany has a different answer but (laughs) the fear it doesn't it's not necessarily there in the same way that it was before i mean Mm -hmm. obviously um, i want things to to go well i want things to be successful i don't want to fail um but I think the way that I am now able to approach failure and knowing that failure in business is, you know, means so what? Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's, that's not what it's about. I think so often we, you know, it's, we all ingrain ourselves. What do you do? You know, what do you do is who you are. And it's like, no, it's, it's, I've been able to, with the road that I've been on, I feel like I've been able to try to differentiate those two things pretty well. So you can hold your business loosely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think in um, my involvement with the church has been able to grow because of the flexibility I have with my businesses. Even though I own two businesses, it gives me more flexibility in my schedule to be able to do things that, you know, truly matter rather than making money. Now, some people who have started now, so you've started three businesses, a bike shop and then these two that you just noted. Um, some people have a great desire to keep starting businesses, right? They love that creative process of trying to make something work. Do you have that desire? Do you ever think about what's the next best, best thing and I just have this longing to start it? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have, you know, started Uber. It would have been, <laughs> been awesome. That has nothing to do with racing bicycles. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Um, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I think that's where the human nature side always comes in. I think it's always like, um, what can I, do, you know, what can I do to again, you know, be successful from an earthly perspective, you know, from, um, yeah, that oh, I'm a, I'm a CEO of this business or that, you know, and and when you do go to those places, say, hey, what do you do, you know, those questions still, you know, they still ring true in my head, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have the drive to necessarily create the next big thing. I have the drive to always be open to mm-hmm. seeing if the next big thing comes to it presents itself in a way that it comes to me or if I'm able to be part of it. Yeah. That is a different way of looking at the future. It is. Did you have that when you started the bike shop? No. No. And you developed that perspective through success and failure. Really, really through failure. I would say really, I think through failure and then seeing how success was really came from focusing on what's more important than, than not focusing on success, redefining success maybe is probably a better way to put it. Um, because like I look at it as, is finally this year is probably going to be one of my more quote unquote successful you know, if you look at, you know, a paycheck at the end of the year. I mean, there's been years where I made zero dollars, uh, both on paper and in reality. Um, but, you know, in this year, it'll probably be one of my more successful years on paper 
and yet it's probably the one that I've focused the least amount of drive to making the business successful and really being able to say, how can I use the business to be able to do more good mm. and, and focus on other things? And, and then, you know, with that, the success, the success was just came along with it, which is really weird. Now I'm going to ask you a question I would never ask most people, but you seem incredibly comfortable in your own skin, okay? How, how old <laughs> oh, are you, wait. Brian? Oh, you didn't ask that. oh, I'm 44. 44? Yeah. So you're reaching the age where there's a generation that's coming behind you. Yeah. And some of the things you've learned, you've just learned because that's the way it went, yeah. right? And you can't go to a business class where they explain this to you, and you come out with the same level of wisdom that yeah. you have now. So... Do you seek opportunities to help other people who also kind of had that had that have that entrepreneurial spirit to develop the kind of wisdom in pursuing things? Do you have that desire? I do. Yeah, I mean if if other people can learn from you know mistakes is a is a tough word. I don't necessarily it's with if other people can learn from my life experiences um, to be able to better their own life experiences to be able to to do earthly good, um, yeah, I'm totally open for that. I think it's it's a great opportunity to be able to talk to kids, um, other business owners. You know, I, I, I get to talk to a lot of my customers who they're all small business owners. Most race timers are small business owners, and I I constantly find myself stopping them sometimes and being like, wait a second, focus on what's really important. Like, you know, if if what you're doing, you know, is going to take 80, 90 hours away from your family. Is that really what you want to do? And I'm and I'm, I'm very clear. I'm like I'm not saying don't, because maybe that is. Maybe it is what's best for your family. I don't want to judge that, but I'm just saying make sure you're asking yourself that question. Um, so I, I do. I try to share my life experiences to be able to help other people. I'm definitely open to that, and it's yeah, it's a it's empowering to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like the Lord's teaching you now? To trust in Him. You know, to realize that, yeah, not, I mean, wh whatever, it could all go away. Like, Tiffany could lose her job. My businesses could fold tomorrow. You know, I mean, we look at the last year and a half and just how much uncertainty there is in the world. And it's just, um, once we, once I was able to really remove my focus on that earthly success or what, you know, that and just be like, okay, trust in God, trust in the Lord, do what you know he would be doing if he was here on earth trying to to, to act in that manner um, and use every tool every gift that he's given me for that goal including my job um, that's I mean that's that's what I, I strive for when I'm when I'm able to think about it you know obviously I always have those times where oh what well, I can make a buck doing this you know but I try to remind myself and stop myself and and really look back on it and say okay yeah what what should we be doing? What are we called to do? Um, yeah. So let's ask one more question. Sure. And this is about the future. Yeah. So you can look back over your life and see the twists and the turns. When you think about, let's just say the next decade, um, can you predict what that's going to look like for you? Do you have expectations? I mean, that's, yeah, that's two different questions. Can I predict? No. And I, I mean, that's, I've learned that, that there's no certainty in, in any of the stuff that any of us do, um, whether yeah, health-wise or employment-wise or any of that stuff. Um, 
do I have certain hopes or expectations from a from a business standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to be able to, you know, continue to grow what I have now, try to find some opportunities to be able to, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe I do want to do the next big thing. Coming, coming back. <laughs> There's that there spirit coming yeah. to you, the uh, way you've been designed and built, <laughs> which is not bad. Yeah. It's not uh, bad. I think, you know, I mean, because it's, cause it's, it's exciting, but it's also, um, it's also, uh, like just held back by knowing that that's not the ultimate goal. And I think that's where I think we can, I think that that's why if, if something does come and I do something different in the next 10 years or something new or something um, expanding on what I already have, um, as long as I'm able to be focused on using that for a better purpose, um, using that for God's glory here, I think that's where I serve the best chance to be successful in it because I'm redefining what successful means because it's not necessarily um, just the bottom line. It's, mm. yeah, you know, and if it is the bottom line, great, but then again, it's like that's another gift that I should be using for, you know, something more so than, hey, yeah, the business, look how successful we are. Mm. So. Oh, very good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, thanks the for time has flown right by. And I've enjoyed this thoroughly. Thank oh, you, brother. Thank you. And uh, until next time, friends and ordinary lives, um, I'll see you then. Bye.